Blog Talk Radio. Healing Paradigms presents Answering the Call of the Soul. <laughs> so, family, <clears throat> this past Sunday was the first Sunday and the first opening of Universal's Universal Centers for Love that I am a staff minister with, with Reverend Jamel Gilliam, who's the lead minister and the founding minister, as well as Reverend Harvey L. Bailey. And 
it was a very, very beautiful time. Um, we had a very successful opening. We want to thank all of you who came in to join us. Um, and we are going to continue to have services um, and continue to have services on Sunday where we're going to share our sort of expanded consciousness and expanded concept of the father, mother, creator uh, of us all. And we want to go ahead and welcome you, um, welcome you to come join us if you happen to be in the Baltimore area. The address for the Universal Centers for Love is 1119 East 30th Street in Baltimore, Maryland. Again, that address is 1119 East 30th Street in Baltimore, Maryland. And for those of you who are local, it is on the corner of Lock it's on the corner of 30th Street and Lock Raven. So, before I go in and talk about answering the call of the soul, I'm going to get us prayed in. So hold on, folks, and let us do that with the Anabakoa prayer. And we're going to play it, the, play the whole thing this time. Generally, we just play one one round, but we're going to play the whole thing today. Thank you. 
production. Zuma to go while I'm Okay, and we're back. So, family, um, I want to talk about answering the call of the soul. And the reason why this has come to me is because um, not only about a few weeks ago, um, I had faced some challenges um, before the weeks leading up to me actually going ahead and being at, of service at UCL. And I had, and the thing was is that I was feeling a bit of trepidation because up until this point, I really had been going to um, another place where the ideas and thoughts were far more traditional and I was doing it out of support of a loved one. And, you know, and, and I will be honest, I was very honest with them from the very get go um, about my stance about that. And one of the things that 
I want people to understand is, you know, regardless of whatever your walk is, the walk, and when I say your walk, I'm talking about your walk with the creator for with the divine essence that lives within you, that resides with you, that is giving you those intuitive nudges into a particular direction that will aid in the expansion of your soul. And oftentimes what I have found for myself as well as for others that Many people have challenges doing this, and the reason why they have challenges with doing this is because answering the call of the soul sometimes means leaving the nest of whence you know what you came from, and a lot of times because people in their in their experiences don't want you to change, don't want you to expand, don't want you to grow is because, you know, your growth makes them feel uncomfortable because they may not necessarily be doing what it is that they are supposed to be doing and living the way they're supposed to be living and have allowed themselves to be confined to a particular mindset, a particular lifestyle that may not necessarily be in for their highest and greatest good. And it takes a great deal of courage to go ahead and answer the call of your divine nature because your soul is always seeking expansion and seeking growth. And at times, you're going to run into those people who are going to be resistant to you answering that call. Well, family, I'm I'm having some challenges here um, because the people down the street (laughs) are doing some construction work, and I'm not quite sure if you could all hear it, but it is really annoying. So I am going to pick up and move to another area of our space here. So, like I was saying, there are going to be times when you are going to be doing some things that the people around you are not going to like because your growth, it's almost as if your growth means is oftentimes considered like a threat to them. You would, you know, and and I'm not the only one that has experienced it either. Okay. All right. Okay. Now that's so much better. So what had happened was before I told the minister that I was no longer going to be attending uh, Sunday service there, 
the sermon that was given was in direct contrast to what I've been guided to understand about the nature of the creator or the creators or the gods. I don't particularly hold to any particular spiritual tradition. Um, in fact, my, I guess you could say, well, the, the church that that I'm at service at is a multi-denominational, as worded by Reverend Jamel, a multi-denominational community that that honors all paths to God. One of the things that people tend to forget, or they just don't realize because they spend a great deal of time being around people who are like them, is that the creator has an individual relationship with all of us. And the question to always ask yourself is, how is my soul seeking to expand? What action is in the best interest of my soul's expansion and growth? And sometimes that means being courageous enough to leave behind the spiritual foundation that you came from. In essence, leaving the nest (laughs) and growing up. And growing up. Because as your internal nature begins to expand, you're no longer going to be able to fit into a box. The creator can't fit into a box. All you have to do is look out at nature and see how there is this continuous overflow and expansion of the greatness of the I am presence. And the way the divine I am keeps expressing itself is through nature, through the continuous changing of the seasons to the multiplicity of leaves, through the, you know, through the snowfalls that continue to come every year with each design and each snowflake being its own individual creation through the people who actually walk on the planet and them having these dichotomy of looks of of different shades, different colors, different walks, different sizes, just continuously, continuously expanding and growing. And even though a person may look similar to someone else, there are these microscopic differences between all of us. However, the underlying, underlying ebb and flow of infinite intelligence is flowing through all of us and expressing in all of these different ways just developing this great deep joy of expressing through us. I think the 
the one of the best sermons that I ever heard uh, that I ever heard was by Reverend Muriel, who is a Center for, for Spiritual Living minister, is when she shared how shared how you know you know that we are divine expressions of the Most High, and that God is expressing through us that. When God is expressing through her, uh, God is murally. And when God is expressing through me, God God is Arlening. And when God is expressing through you, God is whatever your name is, plus (laughs) I-N-G. But the thing is, one of the things that I want people to really be clear about is that I I want to really kind of talk for a moment about your spiritual foundation. And what happened with when you when you look back to the core of all all of our spiritual foundations, what has happened is that that infinite intelligence that I God I am presence that is within all of us inspired someone so deeply and so much that that person wrote down certain spiritual walks, expressing them through stories and having them being retold over and over again. And their communication with the creator was such that they felt that, well, wow, this is a phenomenal experience. I want to share it with everybody around me. And I think that everybody should do it the way I do it. (laughs) And the problem with that is that, you know, there are some, some aspects of what you are reading and what the way you are being told to behave that are not necessarily congruent with being your highest and best self. So my experience this um a few weeks ago before I I took my position at UCL or actually activated my position at UCL was that the sermon that I was hearing was contrary to the message of the divine walk that the I am has with me. And I spend a great deal of my time, you know, being around a diverse background of people. And what was being suggested in the sermon was that that people who have done great good in the world, um, that it, and because it did not come in the package that that particular minister was it was uh, relaying or displaying, that they were wrong. That that you had to be mindful of and, and and to this to this point to this is one point that I I did 
I will kind of nod my head and acknowledge that when you are seeing people do works out into in the world, uh, from where are they speaking from? From what spirit of what God are they speaking from? But she was of the uh, but she was of the uh, opinion that it can only come from the God that she talks about. And I remember just having this moment of pause um, because it was a very limited idea and scope of the creator, the divine I am that I serve. And it was grading against the uh, grading against the path that I find myself walking in right now and that I've always been on, but it was just like it was up in my face and it seems like the resistance to my changing was being kind of put up in my face. And it wasn't the first time that weekend that I had had, had experienced, uh, experienced it. I had experienced it the pre- previous day. And... I was faced with being told that, you know, if I didn't follow a certain path and do it a certain way, that I, you know, that I was going to suffer, you know, damnation and uh, ever burning in a pit full of fire forever and ever. And, and again, not necessarily congruent, but I, I just thought, you know, it caused me to really buckle down and just say, no, that this is an unacceptable, this is, that this path that I'm walking, that the, that I'm deep, that I'm being divinely guided into doing, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And, and I can't go back to the way that I it had been because my soul is seeking expansion. So you're so when you're answering the call of the soul, you may run into resistance. You may and the way that you run into resistance may be through the people. It could be resistance from your subconscious mind because in in actuality when we're brought into when we're brought up within a religion, the religion in and of itself sort of indoctrinates us into a particular space. And it does not always serve us in the way that it's supposed to. The nature of religion itself is really to to guide a person towards the divine and guide the person towards their you know, God-like nature. But a lot of times, humans in their need to in in some people's need to be absolute or absolutist will will say that this is the only way and and you know 
infinite intelligence doesn't work like that. It, it's clear and obvious that it doesn't work like that. All you have to do is look out in the world and see that it doesn't operate like that. And I am really of the conclusion that when people don't actually respond to their divine calling, the call of their soul, that that is the reason why a lot of the things that you see out in the world today is out in the world today. Like the things that are coming up in regards to the you know the sexual harassment and the sexual misconduct of all of these celebrities coming out of Hollywood now you may be asking yourself how does that corp- you know how does that align or how is that incorporated with the this call well here's the thing The people who have been showing these shows to us over and over again, there has been like this steady decline of of shows that show us in our highest and best light that lack a lack a certain amount of wholeness. And because we are watching these shows that that you know that show us fighting, that show us constantly in conflict, that show us uh, being dishonest and not really living the highest and best life, um, and showing us that when you lie in relationship, that somehow miraculously at the end that it will work out when we, if we were to really take an observation and look at our lives, we see that it does not. That the way that it works on television is not necessarily the way that it works in life. And people have allowed themselves to be indoctrinated by these people who have who are who have really you know violated the highest and best versions of themselves in order to be in front of the television in front of you so the continuous answer and the continuous response should be what would love do? And everything and every action that you take, what would love do? What is the best answer and response to this right now moment? So apparently, I was not the only one that experienced these challenges, because during a certain part of the order of service, there is a part that we call, how does love work in your life? 
And we define love as spiritual practices. And that could be meditation, that could be prayer, that could be declarative prayer, which is where you speak it as if it is so. You know, speak whatever it is that you want to speak as so. And a young lady came up, and she was the very first person to to actually do this. You have about one minute to actually talk about how love works in your life. And she talked about how the place that she had been working at, um, the job was no longer serving her. And then also that the spiritual community that she had once been a part of was no longer serving her. And that, that she just could not, she could no longer fit in the dimensions of her original faith walk, that the, the faith walk that her parents taught her. But she was not the only one. After service, there was one of the the first couples that Reverend Harvey and I did relationship coaching with. And her, you know, she came up to me later and she was asking a lot of questions about the Universal Centers for Love and our particular path and what was it about and and. I I explained to her that that we honored all paths that we honored that we honored all paths to God that that each religion in and of itself is leading is supposed to be leading everyone to the divine so we would not necessarily be taking from one particular text um that we would be reading from many and sharing the stories of many um, many religions in order to hone in to that point that all paths leads, leads to the creator, depending upon what the lesson for the month is. And then she started relaying to me how she had been, you know, that her mother that she grew up in a Pentecostal church and no offense to anybody who out, who's out there who's from from that particular background but how her mother was have you know upset with her and gets you know like you know oh woe's me that you're 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 leaving you know you're you're no longer saved you mean what are you telling me you're no longer saved what what does this mean and, and just and just like pretty much she shared with her was that there're just certain aspects of this particular faith walk that that I'm just not down with and this thing of of dismissing everybody and saying everybody else is going to Gehenna, it does not work for me. So she asked me, she's like, you know, I have challenges with that. So my response to her was, (laughs) was um, Hebrews 6. And 
And anyway, when you read Hebrews 6, essentially what it says in in this particular version, this particular version is the Living Bible version, and it says, let us stop going over the same old ground again and again, always teaching those first lessons about Christ. Let us go on instead to other things and become mature in our understanding as strong Christians ought to be. Surely we don't need to speak further about the foolishness of trying to be saved by being good or about the necessity of faith in God. You don't need further instruction about baptism and spiritual gifts and the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. The Lord willing, we will go on now to other things. (laughs) And I think that it did, I guess, my response and my answer to her, her dilemma actually, actually, you know, gave her a moment to really sit and think like, oh, my goodness, this is, this is a pretty good follow up. Because the thing is, is that one of the reasons why I had always had challenges with um, with the stories that I had been told is because I did not see oftentimes where people's lives were improving. And, and I was smart enough to know not to question the people around me because I already knew that they did not have the answers. So, and and what I mean by that, the questions that I had was, well, you know, why aren't these why aren't these people uh, transforming and and doing what Christ did, especially since Christ already said that we could do these things and greater. And what are these greater things? Why aren't there more people out here being transformed? And to a degree, there is, it, it is operating, you know, the way Christianity was being taught in the paradigm that I grew up. It was pretty much, to my way of thinking, a dying paradigm because I did not see where people's lives were improving. I had problems with the ideas and constructs of this God that I was reading about, especially that of that that was in the Old Testament. And I'm not going to go too deeply into that. But even at the age of five, was there was a part of me that was looking to answer the call of my soul. But I will admit that for a very long time, I was very silent about it, very silent about this this path that I was taking because I knew that those that were around me would not understand. <clears throat> and And I will say that on some levels I've had to dismantle the constructs under which I have grown up under in order to have a more expanded view. And uh, expanded view. And another thing is is that I wanted to 
a lot of you may be out there thinking, well, okay, this may be the case, but you know, what type of what type of foundation do you have if you actually leave where it is where you originally came from? And the thing that I will and the answer that I have for you is that your soul will lead you into the right place. You will know. You will know because you will feel yourself grow. If you are in a spiritual home and you are not becoming of the very best, and it is not facilitating you becoming the very best you that you can become, then you may need to reconsider where it is that you are getting your teaching from. Your faith walk should expand you to such a degree that you feel a little uncomfortable. Just a little bit, just a little bit uncomfortable because when you're uncomfortable and it is challenging you to be your very best self, I'm telling you, being the highest version of yourself is going to be challenging. And if your spiritual home is just repeating the same stories over and over again and never never once do you see an evolutionary process and the spiritual leader that you are following, you may need to reconsider that. Now, I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just saying that your soul is seeking you, is having you seek out to be the very best version of yourself and not to become stagnant because your soul is ever expansive and it is looking for you to be the highest, highest vibration in nature of yourself right here in this right now moment. And what that may look like to others can be scary to them because they're used to you being what you've always been. But your soul is seeking for you to be something bigger than what you are right now. And I will give an example. Okay, so Reverend Jamel asked me uh, back in 2014-2015 to be a part of the board for UCL. And then later on, and later on he he found out that I was in fact uh an ordained minister and so in 2000 in 2017 he actually asked me to be a part of his church. So when he approached me back in 2014, 2015, around that time, I had, I went ahead and I said, yes. But I have to say, I have to tell you this, ladies and gentlemen, saying yes 
was an evolutionary process for myself. Because the person that I was back in 2014 and the person that I am right now, (laughs) they are miles away from one another. And I bring this up to say that when I gave that divine yes, when I said yes and I gave my divine yes, what trajectory um, that infinite intelligence had for me was like, oh, she said yes. Ooh, let's see what we can do for her. Let's see what type of spiritual experiences that she will have to evolve her to what she needs to be to be a ministerial leader. Hmm. <laughs> and I must admit, ladies and gentlemen, that that, that road was not always and was not always easy. It required me to be more honest. And and when I say honest, what I mean is not only honest uh in my actions, but honest in my words and just being just forthright. It caused me to be more forgiving of myself. Caused me to, you know, go back and apologize for the wrongdoing that I had done. It caused me to be more of the example of what UCL was standing for. It caused me to really listen to people and listen to people deeply with a deeper understanding that at times I find myself being a translator for English when there are people around me who are speaking English, but they are talking, but they are not communicating in a way that is effective. It meant using the things that I've learned as a relationship coach in the relationships that I have. It meant honoring the divine I am like if if I wasn't feeling comfortable with something, just simply say, you know, I'm not feeling comfortable with this situation right now. It required me to be my highest and best self. My journey required me to be my highest and best self. So, I'm going to give an example, and I'm specifically speaking to um, apologizing for the wrongdoing that I had done. Now, when I say wrongdoing, I will admit that I never really have a conscious intent to actually do anyone harm. But what had happened was there is this book called The Queen's Cold by, um, let's see, what is her name? The Queen's Code. 
And her name, I think, is Allison Armstrong, if I remember correctly. But I am double-checking the name, Allison Armstrong. And pretty much in the Queen's Code, what the book talks about is how women, in order to feel more powerful, will emasculate men. And she listed some of the things off, uh, listed some of the things off that, um, that, that are done to emasculate men. And in, in her description of that, one of the things was, you know, withholding sex from men. If you're in a relationship now, I'm going to qualify this by saying that the relationship that I had with a particular person before I had met my husband, um, was just forming. But I had gotten myself into a situ- intimate situation with him, and my experience my experience with that was that I had. I had gotten a spiritual attachment from them. And that spiritual attachment was not nice. And also, one of the things that you should know is that when you're having, um, you know, a sexual energetic exchange with somebody, that's what sex is. You're having an energetic exchange with them. Uh, As a woman, because we are, you know, we're taking in the man were taking in their energy, they, you know, you kind to, you, you begin to actually feel, you know, you actually take on what there is, especially if you're intuitive enough, you take on their particular awareness of the world. And the person that I was dating at that time, his world was silent and in addition to it being silent, he had this really nasty spiritual attachment on him. And I will say, there is, you know, during the time, um, I don't do it nearly as much now as I used to, but during the time I was taking these, these, I guess you could say, uh, shamanic journeys or guided meditations, uh, and I was doing them on my own. And one of my spiritual team that operates in this state of wisdom uh, took itself and wrapped itself around this entity and pretty much turned it into my, what my visual construct of it looked like, turned it into dust. And... Essentially, the spirit that entity had actually weakened this part of my spiritual team. I was just so incredibly blown by the experience. I really kind of cut off the relationship after that without any type of, uh, without really uh, any type of really thought to how it would, how it would be for him. Um, 
Yeah, because he was a person that was really, he really was seeking to have a relationship. And I realized, like, after reading Allison's book, I realized that me not wanting to be intimate with him was me inadvertently being in that space of emasculating him. So what I did was I went back. When I realized what had happened, I was in that state of really kind of making amends to not only him but to some other people too. But I called him up and, you know, I I went ahead and I apologized for that. Uh, and I have to say that my experience with that has been that men have been far more forgiving than um, some women that I know or far more forgiving than I was expecting them to be. And I say that just to say that, you know, going back and apologizing and acknowledging that um, that my behavior was such that it was wrong. Um, because on a certain level, on a certain level, I already knew that the relationship was not going to work, but I was doing that thing of, you know, well, let's see. Well, you know, if you're having that gut reaction that it's not going to work, then just then, then just trust that. That is your soul, your higher mind, just letting you know, uh-uh, <laughs> you know, this is not going to work. But anyway, but to be the representation of what UCL needed uh, needs in ministerial leadership, I really had to walk the walk. And if it means cleaning up a mess that I've created from a prior than doing so, then then going ahead and doing that. Another place where I had to exemplify and answer the call of the soul and be the highest version of myself was in my relationship with um, my older cousin. Because when I moved here to Baltimore, Maryland, um, it was after my divorce. And I had, you know, uh, you know, I, I, I was starting over. You know, everything material, I only came here with like the, really like sort of like the clothes on my back and nothing else. It took me a long time to recover emotionally, you know, spiritually. It took me a long time to recover. I was in this state of depression, and I did not realize I was depressed. (laughs) Anyway, anyway, during the time before, and then the thing was, What I had done was I had stopped using the things that had worked for me to get me to Baltimore in the first place. And the thing that had gotten me here to Baltimore in the first place was my spiritual practices. But because I knew 
what type of foundation that might because operated still operated in the the foundation of the spiritual teaching he was taught as a child i knew that me building an altar um, me building an altar me making offerings to my ancestors and to the gods would not necessarily you know be cool with him and i wanted to be honor i wanted to honor and respect that but I was not moving. Like the energy was just not appropriate and not right for me to make that move. And and I had stopped doing those things that had caused a lot of movement in my life when I was back in Arizona. And I had, you know, I, you know, that money just magically would just come out of nowhere because of my spiritual practices. So I will will admit to you know when he saw my what happened was one day he came into my room and he saw my altar and he totally flipped. It was not a pretty experience ladies and gentlemen. So after that experience um I was feeling some kind of way, you know. I didn't want to stay in his space. I I no longer wanted to be in his space. I was exhausted. He was exhausted with me. I was exhausted with him. We we were exhausted with each other. But the experience, because of my interpretation of it, it left me feeling, you know, because he had said some things that were really... um, rather rude but that aside um, I left that space thinking well I'm not going to return you know I'll need to call and you know the thing was is that you know his mother uh, his mother um, I'm sure he relayed to her what I had done or whatever the case may be but she had never really let on to it however I had contacted his mother, you know, um, contacted his mother, and I had called him up and uh, called her up and, you know, to see how she was doing. And she tells me that my cousin is in the hospital and that he had been in the hospital for a few days. So I put feelers out there to see if he was, you know, regardless of what my annoyance with him had been, you know, um, you know, I felt that he had the right to, to feel that way. Um, and I've never really wished him any ill intent or ill will. However, I, you know, I, you know, I did not necessarily want to walk into a space where, um, where it was not going to be okay, um, you know. And anyway, I I went to go visit him in the hospital, and apparently I had missed him 15 minutes beforehand. So I did give him a call, and I asked him, well, was if he was up for his visit, I would come and visit him. And he was like, well, 
well, sure, you could come visit. <laughs> it's like the house is not clean, but yeah, you could come visit. So I went to see him, and it was a very pleasant visit. Like all of the anxiety, all of the thoughts that I had about what it could be like, it, it didn't turn out to be that at all. And it provided, I think, perhaps both of us some healing because we actually, there are some things that we, that we can agree upon in terms of, of things in social, in social uh, you know, some things that we would like to do in the, in the meantime. But I went ahead and, and visited him. And it was a pleasant visit, and then I went uh, went on my way. And I will say that healing took place. Again, I will admit that the call to be the minister has me actually having to to make amends where I can make amends, healing the relationships that I can heal heal um and just and just be in a state of honoring the other person um uh, honoring the other person and facilitating healing in my relationships and doing what you know, doing the challenging thing. So what I'm going to do right now, because <laughs> I know I have talked for a while now, a little over an hour, I am going to play a song. And... I think we're going to play um, Use Me by Ricky Byers Beckwith.
what must they do? Come in, my life, it's here for you. God is the love that heals all creation. God is creator, makes all things new, and God needs us. Okay, and we're back. And so I'm not going to go ahead and continue beating a, uh, beating home the point. I, I think that I've, I've pretty much done that. But I, I want to let you know, family, I want to leave you with this. Answering the call of your soul will cause you to grow and be the highest and best version of yourself. And on your journey to being the highest and best version of yourself, you will, you may experience some resistance. You may experience people not liking who you're becoming as you become your highest and best self. And so you have to decide, decide that you will answer the call of the divine yes that is propelling you. And you're, you know, sometimes it can be ugly, sometimes it can be not so ugly. And the highest and best version of yourself is always going to answer the answer the questions that you have in your life. To every every answer, every answer to every question that comes before you is going to be, well, what would love do? 
What is my very best decision in this right here, right now moment? And when you do that, and when that question, that that answer comes forward, the answer sometimes, not all the times, but sometimes, is going to challenge you and cause you to feel a little uncomfortable because doing what the soul is calling you to do is going to stretch you and make you feel a little bit uncomfortable because it may be out of outside of what you may have done before. But just know that that expansion is for your highest and greatest good. That expansion brings more love into the world. That expansion is going to cause you to move in a different direction, in a different trajectory than maybe those who are around you. And I assure you, it's not a it's not a walk for the faint of heart. <laughs> it, it's not it's not a walk for the weak. The evolution of your soul is looking for you to make your highest vibrational choice. For you and your essence to become lighter and lighter. For you to not just read about a read about somebody else's faith walk who you know, who did it higher and greater than anybody else, but you to be the faith walk and you walk your highest highest and greatest thing for you and for those of you who come from the Christian Christian tradition, for you to be the Christ, for you to be the walking embodiment of Christ on the planet, for you to be the light of the world. That is ultimately what we are all here for. When we and that is why we are here. We are here to answer the call of the highest nature of our soul. And the power of our choices will move us in the, the one direction one direction or the other. So family, you take care. We love you, we bless you, we appreciate you, we thank God for you, and we know that wherever you are, God is.
Pieces of the dream I left behind 